what is happening guys welcome back to the king in it podcast we're back it might not seem that long for you it's only been a week but uh, it's been about three weeks since we recorded the first one i don't know uh, you're not supposed to say that like people don't know because these are coming out weekly and consecutively <laughs> if you are brand new here this is our brand new series the first three have been kind of about our travels but travels cancelled for now so we come up with a new format so episode one was Myths and Legends, if you missed that one. It myths was a belter. and bloody legends. So what we're going to do is we're going to educate you for free. Yeah, because I'm really smart. Like, everybody knows that. You know, I wear glasses. If you're watching this on YouTube, like, hello, um, welcome. Uh, I've got my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> it is proof so, um, of Amy's IQ. Everything I've written down today for this podcast, straight off the dome, <laughs> it, it all gets saved up in my brain. Um, for me to just splurge it when I need to. Times like this, Craig, you know, mm. podcasts and stuff. So, uh, yeah, all my research was from the heart and from the head. So we've got 10 podcasts <laughs> this season, each with a different theme. We've been scouring the internet for the best and most interesting and weirdest stories. This week, we've got an absolute treat for you because this week's theme Go on. is true crime. <gasps> <laughs> so I'm go- I'm just going to jump in there straight away with a fact. Go for crime. Okay. Right. Yeah. Statistically speaking. Yeah. Uh, the average person will walk past sixteen murderers in their lifetime. Shut up. <laughs> That's not true. Who's your source? She is to that. Oh what? That's crazy. So what are you now? How old are you? Thirty one. Yeah. So you're about halfway through your life. So you've probably walked past halfway? eight. Halfway? Don't kill me off. Jesus. I'm not going to be 62 when I... Six. Six. You've walked past six murderers at least so far. Wow. That's crazy. You know that thing that I always come back to thinking about? Like, you know, if like a genie came out of a bottle and it asked you for, for three wishes uh, and one of them, <laughs> he gave you a choice and one of them would have been to know everything, to know everything in yeah. the world. We always have this conversation. Yeah. Would you? Because uh, you would know who those people are. I mean, you'd probably be dead in a week because you'd drive yourself mental. Because you'd know the answers to all the corruption and what's going on with the government. Well, and... I thought long and hard about this, and I was thinking the other day, uh, there was a there was a crime, a crime, a true crime story <laughs> that came up, and I thought it would be great to know who the like like Madeleine McCann, for example. Mm. Like it'd be great to know what happened there, like the truth, and if you just knew that, but it could be like she's here. Yeah, either she's here, but then or... they'd be like, you did it. How did you know? <laughs> this is it, see. Yeah. I, they, they could blame you or ask you, you, how the hell do you know all this? And, you know, who would you give the winning lottery numbers to the next week? Like, it, it would be a gift and a curse. It would it? be. Oh, it would be. But you'd be, you'd be very smart. And I think, yeah, if you came forward and you're like, I know everything, the police are going to be like, get to jail. Like, get to jail, mate. <laughs> you'd be like, yeah, but I know the combination to all the keys and the locks so I could get out. <laughs> yeah. I know what to say to that guy, so he'll let me out. I know. Because he's got secrets. Oh, it's too, it's too difficult. Too much power, I think. Yeah. Um, but if you missed episode one, what are you doing? Go back and listen to it. Yeah. Um, but we ended it with a riddle. So That's right. I, if you did miss it, this was the riddle. I speak without a mouth. I hear without ears. I have no body, but I come alive with the wind. What am I? You told me the answer and I still don't even know. I can't remember. <laughs> you don't know? That's a hard one. The answer is an echo. An echo. An echo, nice and simple. D- 
Did anybody get it? If you did, let us know somehow. How, how would people get in contact with Send us? Send us a letter in the post. <laughs> in a bottle. Let us know how you did. We live near Barry Island. We'll pick it up at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into the podcast, we want to thank this week's sponsor, the beautiful Surfshark. Yay! Did you hear that? No. That is not a shark. That's a growl from a shark, if All they could right. speak. This is true crime podcast, not fake news, yeah? <laughs> Surfshark, baby! Surfshark! So if you don't know what Surfshark is, it's a VPN, which stands for Virtual Private Network. We use it every day. Every day. Basically, it works out a few quid a month. It protects you online. You can use it across your laptop, your phone. It would, It's just... Like, I mean, we used it before Surfshark even wanted to work with us. So, so you know, we're, we're promoting what we use. Yeah. And it would just be silly for you not to have it for like, yeah, a couple of quid. Yeah. To, sa- to save you, keep you safe, keep your children safe, like everything. I'll calm down. All right. <laughs> I know this is a true crime podcast, like, but don't threaten people to buy it. <laughs> you will die if you get Surfshark. <laughs> you hear it here first. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, there's a load of cool things you can do with it as well. You can change your location so you don't get price discriminated against when you're booking flights. Yeah, that's really cool. I love that. Yeah, it's great that. And also, you can change your location for Netflix as well. So if you've rinsed UK Netflix or Canada Netflix, you can change to another country. And to it like literally US. unlocks a whole new library. Yeah, I love that as well. Quality stuff. So not just that. It's not just amazing and cheap. Yeah. We got a bloody deal for you as well, mate. Oh, Craig, you are so you are so spoiled. I'm feeling honestly. good today. Feeling good. You feeling nice? If you've heard episode one, you're like, yeah, it's the same deal. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> so all you have to do is go to surfshark.deals forward slash r y o w podcast, which stands for Rule Your Own World, which you should do every day, every anyway. single day, uh, and you'll get eighty three percent off. While I'll saying, tell them. Um, I haven't actually got that page up. So three months free. Three months for free. Did you say three months three or free? Three months free. <laughs> like hell, hell of a deal, Craig. Hell of a deal. So yeah, if you didn't buy it on podcast one, buy it on podcast two. Yeah. And maybe they might sponsor us for another season. And Who if knows? you've biscuit this month, buy it on podcast three or four. Yeah. Or maybe ten. But whatever you do, buy it. Yeah, just like do a car boot sale or something and then you know, a couple of quid. It's up here, socks. It's- Wash it, your, your mum's car. Wash your nan's car. She'll give you three quid. <laughs> um, I've just got one thing to say. So last week, when we were looking for like myths and legends, looking for all those kind of stories and stuff, it was quite hard to find like a good example, like to find a good story. Mm. Um, uh, this week wasn't the case, Greg. No, no way. Crime so, is prevalent in the universe. Yeah. If if you are looking for a crew crime story... Crew crime. Is that what I said? <laughs> Sign up here for all your crew crime stories. <laughs> you will find them in the masses. Like, I did not struggle to find any stories at all. So uh, I just want to say, like... Calm down. People, can we sort yourselves out? <laughs> like, can, yeah, can, can somebody calm down, please? Ridiculous. Start committing those crimes, will you? Yeah. But it's so weird for, like, me and you to sit here and talk about it because I would never murder somebody. <laughs> like, unless I had to. That's good to know. <laughs> But like it's not built in me. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not built in most people, is it? Luckily. No. But if you did cheer on me, like, you know, watch your back because... <laughs> you heard it here first, people. <laughs> so what have we got then? I said to Amy, I know it's true crime, but try and keep it light. 
She said to me yesterday, everything I've got is really dark. Really dark. So do you wanna do you wanna set the tone? Uh, uh. <laughs> All right, so I'll just kick in with. So there are currently four types of serial killers. Oh, okay. Did you know that? No. Um, these are visionary, mission orientated, hedonistic, and serial killers that want power and control. Jesus. I know. So like the problem these days is that like lonely, sadistic people, they they kind of find it like a, a buzz to do this, and, you know, and then the media click onto who they are and and some people even like claim that they've done crimes that they haven't even done so they they look so the, yeah that's weird that's, that's a weird strange. thing that happens a lot that happened in the one that we just um watched on netflix the yorkshire ripper like they want to be famous for these things which is mental he like sent in a tape of his voice and everything pretending yeah, he was right. the, the killer but it wasn't even him yeah yeah mad crazy Why are you on that? so weird so yeah they play games with the police they leave clues and they attach them to like Loads of different serial killers, like Harry, a little bit like Hyde, Harry and Marv, the Wet Bandits. You know, you always used to turn tap on. Oh yeah. So that, that calling would, cars. Yeah, and then um, Harry was like, "Why'd you do that? Now you've like connected us to all these other crimes." But yeah, I guess you know it, that's the thrill of it for some of them. If they get caught for one, they're going to get caught from all. If if you don't know what Amy's on about, she's referring to the Wet Bandits from Home Alone. Oh yeah. And they used to go in and rob houses, and then. Um, Marv would flood the houses, like put socks in the sink and flood them. Yeah. But that was their calling card. Stupid. If you had a calling card, if you were a serial killer, what would yours be? Eat all the snacks in the fridge. Absolutely. I was thinking, <laughs> I was, I don't know why it just came to Santa and leaving leaving donuts and not carrots for the reindeers. But obviously then I would be eating that. So I'm, I'm not leaving that for anybody. <laughs> yeah, you ain't leaving your snacks I for no one. I ain't leaving that. No. <laughs> Maybe like like some blood in a donut. What the fuck's wrong with and you? Smeared across the wall. Amy was here. Oh no, I won't say my name. <laughs> uh... Arrested. <laughs> Straight to jail. <laughs> Amy was here. <laughs> Amy Bannister, 87. Graffiti. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> Gonna say your address. Then. Don't say my address. Jeez. So yeah, some statistics about serial killers. 32% of killers do it for enjoyment. 32 percent that's a lot fucking hell do you know what i mean the thrills the lust the power they do it for that 30 percent is for a financial reward that makes sense and the financial side is mainly women that do that if you are that broke we'll we'll give you some money for Surfshark. please don't kill anyone <laughs> we can do a car booty together i've got <laughs> bum bags for all you know or fanny packs depending on which country you are listening to this 18 percent do it in anger Okay. That's where, you know, if you cheat on me, I'll fucking have you, mate. 6.3% uh, um, to advance a criminal enterprise. Uh, I've no idea what that means, but that was number five. Well, I guess drug dealers want to move up the ranks and that, you know. Oh, yeah. Popping people off to And get... I hate that as well, like, in, like, areas where there's gangs and you have to be, like, initiated by killing someone. Mm. Don't be back, so stupid. Like, what is wrong with you? Now, I watch a lot of uh, jail documentaries. You, you love know me. jail docos. Um, that one with the guy who was wrongly convicted. What was his name? Raphael, him. Um, and yeah, he, the amount of people he meets that are in gangs that killed someone to be initiated is ridiculous. Mm. Like, how, what do you think is going to happen? You, you're just going to get away with it and then gonna you're part of the gang. boys. Oh, you're one of the big boys. God, come down here now, Swiss. God. I'll show you what. I'll give you a for. <laughs> How would they get in your gang then? Uh, Best crocheting gets in. 
No, uh, just, you know, gifts and sweets, <laughs> handmade donuts, you know, if they're nice. Enough. No, 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 that's different. That's different. <laughs> um, and fewer than 1% because a cult put them up to it. Yeah. Cult. Like um, Charles Manson. He had a cult, didn't he? He, Did con- he? he convinced a bunch of people to go murder people. How can you convince someone, though? I know, it's mad. Well, <laughs> you just brainwash them. He thought he was Jesus, didn't he? And, he oh. and they did as well. So they were like, right, we're in. So the result of all that is if you want to kill someone, if you've killed someone, if you're going to kill someone, you're just thick as shit. Basically. Basically. Or tapped. Yeah. Well, yeah, we know that. So yeah, but ra- Netflix raking it in the moment. Yeah. All these murder documentaries. It's so weird, though, because like people are like morbidly drawn to, to killings, aren't they? I think it's just that it is such a... It's so far from the norm. Mm. You want to understand why it's happened. Yeah, we can't comprehend it. Yeah, you can't you can't wrap your head around it. So you're like, why would someone do this? Who is the person? Like watching that Yorkshire Ripper one. Yeah, we were just like constantly. It it was a bit drawn out. They were like, and then they didn't find him. And it was like episode thirteen. We're like, come on, hurry up! Mm. But it turns out he was just a normal guy who worked in like a he was like a delivery truck driver. And they, and they sort of joked about him potentially being a serial killer and he, he was like laughing along with it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think that's what it is with with people being obsessed with these shows is because it's so far from your comfort zone and a normal everyday yeah. life. I want to be like, oh, should we talk about something nice? But literally my next story is about a child serial killer. So <laughs> Why do I tell you? Keep it light for the people. Make them laugh. <laughs> She's like, oh, child serial killer. I've got one. I'll tell you this one instead. What is it? A story? It's a story, a yeah. Story time with Craig Holmes. Story time with Craig Holmes. So this story is called Stranger Than Fiction. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, based in Poland. There was an author called Christian Bala. Uh, she... Uh, wrote a crime novel in 2003, which quickly became a bestseller in Poland. Okay. Like, was flying off the shelves. Fiction? Uh, fiction, yeah. It gripped the nation and received a lot of publicity. However, police found many of the details about the murder in the novel eerily familiar. The description of the murder was remarkably si- remarkably similar to what they knew about unsolved case uh, on one of their books. The torture and murder of Darus Janazowski... Genez- uh, so then police decided to dig a bit deeper and discover that no, uh, not only had Christian known the victim, he was the last person to have seen him alive. Shut up. And actually sold Janazuski's mobile phone. <laughs> really? Like, so, what, what are the police doing? Why didn't he have his mobile phone? Like, this is policing 101. Well, he killed him and nicked it, hadn't he? So Christian was charged and received 25 years in prison because no it turned out... The story that he'd written, which was fiction, no way, was a bestseller. It was an actual in life person. He killed a person and wrote a book about it. Do you think he was like testing the waters, see if he could get away with it, or do you think he was like, no, this is fiction. I'm not going to get caught. Because you know what we were saying about people who were like they'll play with the police. Yeah. I think he's one of them. Yeah, wants I mean? to be like obviously tapped him and is like so arrogant, e- egotistical, and egotistical. That he's like bragging about his murder. Oh it's like O.J. Simpson. I know this is a bit of a controversial subject, but he wrote a book called, um, it was something like, If I Did It, or something like that. Oh, no And way. it's like an in-depth description of the murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the family like sued him for the rights to the book and stuff because he was making loads of money off it. What the hell? But he literally was like, if I was going to do it, no, this is what I would do. Yeah, and it's, and it's the book's out there. 
Um, so the same thing happened with this with this person. So, so why is OJ Simpson not in jail when they they had no evidence to prove it was him? There was heaps of evidence, but he just had really good lawyers. And yeah, for yeah. somehow every t- turn it was like corruption with the evidence and, and stuff My like that. Goodness. We could do a whole podcast on that. Going back to this story, so prosecutors believed that the motive for the killing was tied to jealousy, as Barla had assumed that his estranged wife was having an affair with Janizowski. Right, okay. Um, Barla um, is working on a second novel now. What, in jail? In jail. Shut up. Um, tentatively titled The Lyric. I don't know, I don't know what that means. Uh, Righto. So... Uh, Police report evidence found on his computer plans for killing a new victim to tie in with his second novel. So is he getting out of jail? Well, he's got 25 years. But he was he was writing another book and he was literally lining up the next fella or no the next way. woman to be like your next pal. I'd like to read that. I wouldn't want to read that, would you? Maybe he's a serial killer without knowing it and he's, yeah. and he's addicted. He liked it too much, I yeah. think. Crazy. That's mad, that is, isn't it? That's, that is a, that's a ballsy move. Like, I'm going to write a fucking novel about this. Yeah, thick as shit. See? Thick as shit. <laughs> Running team. <laughs> Just shut your mouth. I you know. know. It's almost as bad as writing Amy was ear on the wall. <laughs> Fingerprints all over the donuts, everything. <laughs> right then, you're going to tell us about child serial killers then? Or? Yeah, well... I'm going to tell you specifically about one. Right, okay. Would you like me to show you his picture now or at the end? Um, I'll show you at the end. All right. So, um, yeah, today I'm going to talk to you about a child serial killer. If this is a sensitive subject, feel free to skip this part. Um, okay, so this child, Amarjeet Sada, mm. described as the world's youngest serial killer. Oh, hang on. It's a... Oh, a, oh. So he's not serial killing children. He's oh, a no. child. Oh, you made it sound prick. like he was oh, killing sorry. children. No, no. He's a child. Oh God, who- yeah, that oh, would be right. That makes you more know, sense. next level darkness. Okay, so he's. But a- I'm not gonna lie. He does kill children, but oh. he is a child. How old is he? Eight. Eight. Eight years old. Holy smokes! So, um, born and grew up in India. Right. Uh, just eight years old. He purposely killed his cousin, who was six his baby sister, who was eight months old, and the neighbour's baby. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Any so, any motive? Was he just tapped? So, um, sit yourself down and have a little cup of tea, and I'll just tell you the story now. Sorry, go on. So, according to Ami Ajit's uncle, some family members were aware of these crimes, but they just, you know, in India, they're very... People's business is people's business, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it was considered family matters. The family will deal with him, la, la, la. I don't think anyone really knew the extent of it. Um, so much about him was suppressed in court because of his age. But the three incidents went unreported until uh, Amajit killed the third baby in 2007. So little is publicly known about the boy who was born in 1998 from the uh, relatively small farming town um, in India, um, obviously because of his age. So they didn't really say much in court or you know anything like that. But we do know that his father was a labourer. The family regarded um, was regarded as impoverished, impoverished, and um, he hadn't really attended school consistently. Right. So, you know. Not exactly catalyst for a serial killer, though, were they? No, I know. Didn't go to school. I didn't go to school much. Didn't go to school, had a poor family, you know. That's that's a lot of people, a lot of people in the world. Yeah. You know, the neighbor, a woman called Chung Chung Devi, had laid her sleeping daughter, Kushboo. Oh, that's a cute name. Isn't, isn't that it? so lush? You look like a little Kushboo. Kushboo. 
All right, well, hopefully my fate isn't the same as Kushboo's. Oh, dear. Uh, in a nearby primary school. So she laid her down sleeping in the nearby primary school and returned home to do her chores. Um, however, she couldn't find her daughter when she came back to the school. By then, Amajit had already strangled the life out of Kushboo's oh, uh, fragile body. Uh, when the people of the local uh, locality caught him and questioned him, Amajit confessed without even showing one ounce of remorse. Bloody hell. Oh, no. So he was just seven at the time of his first murder. Please subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> To the utter shock and panic of the villagers, Amaji admit, admitted to killing his own sister, who was just a year old. The baby was sleeping peacefully in her mother's lap when he, her own brother, had carried her to her death. Jesus Christ, man. Took her out of her mother's arms. Like, so Amaji, who carried the infant to a deserted field, returned home without her. When the family questioned where the baby was, he took them to the field and showed them her dead body um, that was covered in grass and leaves. So, like... You know, he had tried to cover her. Like, he knew that was wrong. There's um quite a few stories about kids who have just been completely neglected and they've had they've had no nurturing at all. Mm -hmm. And they've turned into, like, uh, you know, murderers. There's there's the YouTube video you can you can watch it. I've forgotten the girl's name, but she's, like, she, she's just so full of hate. And she's literally, like, seven or six or seven. Yeah. And she's, like... I, I'm going to kill my brother. She's just saying it openly because she was abused as a kid. You yeah, know? and that's got a lot to do with why serial killers are as they are. Yeah, you always find there's like a back story. Yeah. And, you know, even on that, going back to that Yorkshire Ripper again, his dad was like abusive mm -hmm. to his mum. So like seeing that was like a normal thing for him. Yeah, so they say serial killers because of the impact of exposure to physical abuse, drug abuse and alcohol alcoholism from like an early age causes it and brain injuries and mental disorders also play a part mm. in it which is crazy so the police took him to the police station and asked him why he committed the the crimes but um all amarjeet did was smile at the policeman and he told them that he was hungry so they gave him some biscuits a psychologist at the time said that the young boy was a sadist who derives pleasure from inflicting injuries but you know under indian law child aged eight can't be sent to prison um, instead, they can be detained at a children's home until they, until they turn 18. So the boy was reportedly placed in a home. Um, but right now, no one knows where he is. Oh, brilliant. He, was, he could have been, we could have seen him on he our was rickshaw released trip. in 2016. Oh, so Jesus. He's he, been out for five years. Yeah, eh? he's 22 now. So yeah, chances are we probably passed him and he could have been one of the 16. Could been, yeah, could have been. Keep your eyes peeled if you're in India. Yeah. If you see a guy wearing a name badge saying, uh, what's his name? Amarjeet. Amarjeet, then uh, get a sprint on. This is him. Oh, my days. He looks... He looks terrifying, doesn't he? He, he looks, looks like a little killer. Yeah, he actually does. Yeah, he doesn't look happy at all. He look, His eyes are pure evil. He's got like a big forehead and his eyes just come out from under it like... Ugh. Thanks for that, babes. So, yeah, Brilliant. that's fine. That's great. Um, <laughs> great time. <laughs> Are you feeling okay? I'm like, try and keep it a bit light, you know? She's like, um, brother kills sister with bricks in Child face. Child killer. <laughs> uh, okay, so I've got another story, which isn't that well known, surprisingly, but this is Maz. So, well, what tone are you giving us for this? This is like, uh, I can't even put this into a category, but you know King, uh, Kim Jong-un? Yes. He had a half-brother who was assassinated. Oh. Did you know that? No. 
Did so, he do it? Or Let me tell you the story. So what, one of the weirdest stories of the year was the assassination of Kim Jong-un's half-brother, Kim Jong-nam. Whilst making uh, his way through Kuala Lumpur International Airport, he was confronted by two women. One of them was wearing a sweatshirt reading LOL. Okay. LOL, laugh out loud. Who sprayed him in the face with VX nerve agent. What's that? It's like a, um, a nerve gas. So... He died 20 minutes later before no. he could make it to the hospital. But the strangest part of the story is that the woman later said that they thought they were taping a, a comedy prank show. Um, they were paid to spray another man in the face with water earlier in the no day. No way. And apparently they were completely unsuspecting assassins. So in October, they pleaded guilty in Malaysia. Uh, they pleaded they, guilty, did they? I mean, They pleaded guilty, but and they could potentially face the death penalty. Where's this? It was in Kuala Lumpur International Airport. Right. But how mental is that? Like, they've literally told her to spray someone with water, that is, completely innocent, yeah. and then they've gone up to him and done the same, and he's, he's literally died. They literally killed him. Oh, my God. How mental is that? That's so unfair. <laughs> You're a That's savage, like, that, isn't it? Because imagine that was you. Like, you've got no intention of killing somebody. Especially you wearing have. your lol jumper. No, I know. You're obviously out for a good time. You're not out that for an assassination. That is savage. Yeah. Brutal. Oh. What a mad story, though. That's literally like something out of a film. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. So what happened to those women? Uh, I've got no more information. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I can find worst. out. Let me find out. Let me find out. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, obviously Kim Jong-un is he's a, he's a, well, power head, isn't he? <laughs> so if he didn't like his brother, chances are, well, we'd just kill him. Go on, mate. Get away with it. Absolutely. So it says how North Korea got away with the assassination of King Jong-nam. So sounds like they, they were sounds the, like it the perpetrators. So there isn't actually any info I can find. But if you want to know what happened to the ladies uh, who were involved, then just have a Google. But and then that's email a mad us. story, yeah. <laughs> email us and let us know. Le- email us, let us know. That would be great. <laughs> we'll let people know on the next podcast then. <laughs> Another quick one for you here. This is quite funny, actually. Um, this is The story is called The Lowest High There Is. Okay. So for a trio of drug thieves, it was their lucky day. These dumb criminals broke into a home in Silver Springs, Florida, and discovered three jars of cocaine. Right. They took it home and snorted the whole contents. Um, and then they discovered that the jars were in fact urns and that they were snorting the, the remains of the victim's, victim's husband and two dogs. No way. So they literally just sniffed three jars of uh, humans and dogs. Minging. How gross is that? Like, surely if they weren't getting a buzz, they'd be like, what is this? You yeah. know? That's dodgy ass. <laughs> it's minging, isn't it? Okay, you ready for another story? Oh, here she goes. It's going to be dark again. It's only short. You're going to make people switch off. It's minging. It's not dark. All right, go on then, babes. So um, this is the story of a crime scene cleaner. Oh, couple. wow. Well, this is Actually, a couple. A couple. It's yeah. romantic, isn't it? Yeah. So they describe... The smell of a dead body. Oh, Jesus. As um, It's almost like off meat. Oh, Jesus. Well, it makes sense. Like if you put meat in your fridge without power, left it for three weeks and then opened it, that's probably the smell you'd get. Oh, wow. I guess that wouldn't leave you ever, would it? No. No. Terry and Timothy <laughs> uh, Molesworth, <laughs> cute, they are forensic cleaners, uh, which means that they're on call 24-7 to clean up Suicide, homicides, houses of hoarders, meth labs, trauma scenes, and everything in between. Wow, might they see some sights? How did they get that job? That's what I want to know. 
You want to get a job doing that, do you? I mean, it would be very uh, disturbing, but also very interesting. Mm. But like, you know, they go to high school and they go, do you want to be when you're older? And they're like, forensic cleaners. So we, how would you fall into that? Like, it'd be great to actually get them on the podcast and interview them. Yeah. And be like, how'd you get into it then? You know? Because... <laughs> It's probably just, you know, they go down the the um, like crimin- law and order route yeah, and then they maybe. get into the sciencey side of it. It's crazy though, isn't it? Like same with like people that work in morgues. I couldn't think of a worse job, to be honest. Not morgues, just uh, crime scene cleanup. Just imagine that. Like yeah. how do you, I know, I know people have got to do it, people do do it, but how do you disassociate that? I guess they just, it becomes some work. Some people do. Yeah, some people but, do. Like, like, I have nightmares when I watch, like, shows that are a bit too intense. Oh, you babes. Imagine having, imagine having that as a job. Some I'd never sleep. Some people built well for it, though, you yeah, know? Like, investigators like... and FBI people that see so much. Yeah. They they must, yeah, just, just completely shut off to it. Because, you know, there's, there's, jo- there's people who've got the jobs as well who they're like, um, what's the word? Uh, they basically go through Google Images because... Thousands and millions and millions of photos get up- uploaded like per second yeah. onto websites. Yeah. Uh, and so when you type in specific things on Google Images, they all come up. So they've got a team of people, like hundreds of people across the world, mm. who will go through and filter out the, really bad stuff. the murder the scenes that mm. shouldn't even be on the internet. God. Uh, and there's like, I watch a program on it where they, they have to have counseling like weekly because really? of all the shit that they oh. see. So that imagine that as a job, you're literally just clicking through like yeah. all kinds of stuff. Dark That's web stuff. Traumatizing yeah. shit, that is. Oh, they must be they must be paid a hell of a lot to do that. I think they are, because nobody wants to do it. No way. The girl said she did it for like a month and she had to quit because she was having like really bad mental health. Again, like how do you get that job? Like You could probably apply online for that. Well, yeah, they're probably <laughs> taking on now, isn't they? You need some extra money? Lockdown? On on the side? Would it recommend it? No, no. Um, so yeah, the duo described the most difficult job they've ever had, which involved a gruesome scene in which a man had passed away in his bathroom, but wasn't discovered for an entire month. Oh my days. Imagine that, like not having any family and just go in and, you know, it'd be a month before anybody even knew. And they That's probably only sad, knew because of the smell. Yeah. So, You'd stink, you would as well. Oh, it would be like... <laughs> Um, small, you know, like a cream puff smells. Um, <laughs> cream puff. Donut, you know, <laughs> mawams. Look smells lush up there. <laughs> it's a bakery melting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Tim and Terry would love it. <laughs> so um, his body had dissolved into the tiles and hardened. Oh, my days. Yeah, just to bring you down a notch. <laughs> You're a proper buzzkill today, you are. <laughs> so obviously, he was found in the bathroom, so yeah, he just sort of dissolved into the floor tiles, which mm. is absolutely disgusting. <laughs> it would be described um, as similar to an oven with all that greasy stuff, but it had gone hard and like baked onto the tiles. Baked? Why? Who's baking them? Well, they're describing it as similar to an oven. Oh, right, okay. You know what I mean? So when you bake something, then it <laughs> softens and stuff. So um, it was just skin and hair at this point. Oh, like, can you imagine Jesus that? Christ. Can you imagine After that? a month? After a month. You know, it must um, have been hot or something, I don't know. Another fascinating podcast I listened to before, I forget I forget which one, but it was... Um, Hang on a minute, whose story is this? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interject, but this is That's fine, Greg. You, you carry on. <laughs> so this podcast was... Um, it was about this guy who, I don't know if he had some sort of like farmland 
Uh, and you know how like people can um, sign a thing to donate their organs after they die? Yeah. This guy's whole setup was that he was looking for bodies um, so people could donate their bodies and he would put them in different scenarios to see how they would decompose oh. to help these um, forensic investigators wow. in future things. So Again, like, how are you getting that job? Like what? <laughs> if he just made that job up? I mean, he must be. Maybe he's just like a secret necrophile. Yeah, and that's he's like, strange. But anyway, these anyway. people, <laughs> they donate their bodies. And so he'll like put one like under a tarpaulin in the shade. He'll put one just out in the sun with yeah. like a cage over it. So he's on got his farmland. On his farmland. And he lives there. And he lives there. Oh so you can imagine God. what that smells oh. like. Oh no, I just we're afraid of, you know, bumps in the night and stuff. You know they're all dead though, yeah. Yeah, but they're they're ghosts. If anything, they'd be knocking and going, I didn't really sign up for this. So can can I have my contract? <laughs> Am I getting paid for this? Or and can I have my clothes back? Because can you cover me up a bit? My bits are hanging out. <laughs> but yeah, that's mad, isn't it? That's crazy. Mm, I have to find that podcast out. Yeah, uh, carry on then, as you were. Oh, thank you. So yeah, so obviously it was just skin and hair at this point, which is oh, just yeah, a little bit. Whoop. So they literally had to scrape the deceased body matter off the floor tiles into plastic bags. Who's buying the house after that? The, the body wasn't even there. Like, it was completely gone. So there's that little light-hearted cream puff of a, of a story for you. <laughs> I wouldn't describe it as a cream puff. <laughs> All right, let's lighten the mood a little bit, shall we? All right, you go, because i got nothing light for you. <laughs> All right, bank robberies. Oh, loves a good bank robbery, me. Fascinating. I feel like, as long as you don't hurt people... Why not? If you can get away with it. All right, Jesus. So this, this I, I wanted to find like the most successful bank robberies. Fantastic. So there's, there's two that stood out for me. Isn't it crazy though? What? We're, we're for them. We're like, yeah, I hope you can do it. <laughs> Fuck the bank. <laughs> Take all that money, wicked, they did it. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. As long as no one gets hurt or traumatised in the process. It's then... only money and they can have a great time with them. We're like, brilliant. <laughs> So the second one I don't agree with because the person who did it is a douchebag. But the first one is called Banco Central Burglary. So it was in Forta, Fortaleza in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after renting a commercial property in the middle of the city and posing as landscapers, the gang behind this enormous heist spent three months digging a 256-foot tunnel to a position beneath the bank. Yes, lads. This is on. literally like Money Heist. Money Heist on, on Netflix. Netflix. If you have not seen it, go and watch it. Then over a weekend in August, they tunneled up through the reinforced concrete into the vault of the Banco Central branch. Nice. And they managed to remove 3.5 tonnes of Brazilian real notes, Shit. much of which has never been recovered. Yes, lads. You know how much they stole? <laughs> How many notes is it? It doesn't say, but I'll tell you the amount. Let me guess. 3.5 tonnes of notes. Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, 165 million. $70 million. Wow. Gone, mate. How many of them was there? It just says a gang. It don't, they don't know how many. So but you know it, I'm going to have loads of questions about this. This all That's all the information I've got. So there was a, a gang. They posed as landscapers. They dug the tunnel and, and they, they nicked the money. There was no like one no ever found little them. laser lights that are going to go off as soon as well, they, they put their elbows they, through it. Somehow they just managed to go straight up into the vault. Yeah, but still. Jobs are good, mate. Bob's your uncle. Oh. 70 mil richer. Why Why don't Mind we have drop. friends like that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm Mad. not that smart, but obviously there's smart people out there. Mm. 
Oh, so so if you if anyone fancies it, give us an yeah, email. Um, we'll be part of it. Pitch us your plan. Maybe we'll do it from the like behind the scenes kind of thing. We'll, we'll just oversee the project. Yeah, project manager, producers. I'm really good like that. <laughs> you wouldn't want me there. My elbow would go through that that laser. <laughs> yeah, End of everything. One of your wigs would clip it. Oh, she's so clumsy. We're all in jail. Fucking hell, we were nearly there. <laughs> All right, the most successful bank robbery of all time. Oh, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. That was one of. Was in Baghdad in Iraq in 2003. Right. Considered the biggest bank heist in history, this bold theft was allegedly ordered directly by Saddam Hussein himself just days before the American invasion. Right. So the Americans went into Iraq, invaded it, just bombed the shit out of it. You know, terrible death tolls and all the rest of it. But reports suggest that the following... Following the crime, a note signed by Hussein surfaced instructing that 920 million be withdrawn by the bank and given to his son, um, Kusay, Q-U-S-A-Y, who reportedly spent the better part of five hours with another unknown individual loading the heaps of money into vehicles to an undisclosed location. Uh, I'm going to back it up. What? So, So Saddam Hussein, he's like, you know, Head of Powerful. Iraq, he, he's the leader. It's basically like Trump. It would be well, not now. He, but... he was never a, like a prime minister or anything. Yeah, like... Saddam Hussein. He was an Iraqi politician who served as the fifth president of Iraq. So he was the president of Iraq. He was the fifth president. He was a president. He was the fifth president. I did not know that. He goes. He gives his son a note. He's like, basically, go to the bank. It's like when your mum said, go to the shop, get me a chomp, get me twenty fags. Yeah, go go to the bank, get me nine hundred twenty mil. But note. they but they were getting invaded by the Americans. So essentially, essentially, he was like, all that money is going to be taken from. So he knew. He knew it was happening. So he so basically, he went in. They took all the money, loaded it into trucks. Nobody um, said a thing. Nobody questioned them. No, they just went with it because it was from a note from Saddam. Right. Okay. He could have forged that note though, couldn't he? But I feel like you know, if it's like Joe Biden, if he goes to the central bank now and goes just. Pop out nine hundred million. They're gonna go. <laughs> yeah, nice one, Joe. But if they were getting invaded and the whole country was gonna be taken over, all were, right, fair enough. Yeah, fair so that, enough. that was the situation. So today it's unclear how much of the total missing cash has been recovered, but it's believed at least six hundred and fifty million was discovered in one of Hussein's palaces during a raid. How big was his palace? I know. But it doesn't end there. Tasked with counting the illicit loot, American soldiers made off with hundreds of thousands of dollars for themselves and their families. I'm sure. But 35 service members were caught. So these soldiers are going in and just stuffing their pockets full. Shit. Uh, and a bunch of them got caught. Were they Were they slap on the wrist or? I mean, if that was me, yeah. I would be like, go on, lads. You've done your bit. like. Yeah, me too. Find his keepers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, apparently they got caught. I guess it's stealing at the end of the day, isn't it? Oh, it depends who who is looking at it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> if it's me and you. Yeah. Slap on the wrist. Give us a bit of that. <laughs> what was his name? Kusay. Sit down, love. I'll be taking this. <laughs> <laughs> What's your next story then? You got something... <laughs> What's happening next weekend? I'm going to rob a bank. I'm going to find some. <laughs> oh no, friends. we already we already got the ball rolling with that. We've got applicants. <laughs> yeah, let's go for Matt's story. Okay, so I've got three, and I'm going to choose Matt's. Okay. So as a trustee, we were called in for a lot of different tasks related to the the estate of a deceased client. All right, who's Matt? Matt's a uh, he owns a 
company. He's a trustee. All right, okay. Financial. He saw out all the financials to the family or whatever. Mm. So uh, one such task was entering and cataloging the entire home of a woman who had passed. Uh, he doesn't remember what she died from, but he thinks it was just natural causes. Mm. So uh, she had a dog who eventually died of her dehydration, which is really sad. Because you can imagine, like, nobody knows she's there dying. He can't, he can't work a tap, can he? No. Uh, he died of dehydration, but not before trying to chew his way out of the front door. Always bringing the well, tone down, didn't you? Should we take a minute? She and the dog were found several months after she had died. So uh, their bodies are turned into liquid. You love a little liquid body, didn't you? Literally melted into the carpet and then the concrete floor underneath. So it seeped all the way through the carpet into the concrete floor. Mm. So by the time um, they were there on the scene, it was a hazmat situation. You wouldn't want to go in any other way, really, would you? No. Just strap me up, boot, suit me and boot me, like, so I can't smell anything. She ain't smelling like donuts. <laughs> so he had to suit up with protective gloves, foot coverings, masks, garments. Uh, they entered the um, they entered the home after the body had been removed where there were millions of dead and alive flies in every room. Oh, my God. So that's the kind of job you're doing as a cleaner. No, Just, not, not, cleaner. not for me. I was calling in sick that day. No, he's a trustee. He wasn't even a cleaner, but he had to be there. Just to see it. Yeah. I'm calling in sick, mate. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? I, I got a hangover today. Well, you can't say that, can you? I, Probably not. I got my hand flu. Not coming in. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not bringing my scraper today. Oh, jeez. Oh, my hoover. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, stop it. But it's mad, though. It's like another world, that all of that, innit? Mm. Like, and how many sort of rules and regulations there are and, and how good you have to be as, like, a head detective to be like, don't touch that. Everybody get out. That's just com- That's rule number this one. This is man. a live crime scene. Yeah, but you'd be surprised at how many people go in, fucking tread around the place and... That'd be you, that would. Off a nosy. <laughs> What's in that What's box? What's in that cupboard? Any donuts? That's just towels. Just <laughs> towels. Just towels. But, yeah, so... um. Yeah. You laughing at <laughs> Just towels got me, I don't know why. Aim, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, can you can you step back? Like we've got this is your job. Can you stop smelling the you, towels? Yeah. <laughs> the washy washy songs with. <laughs> the Mona Lisa. You've seen the painting in the flesh. I have. I've been there. Surprisingly small, isn't it? It it was. It was great though. It was it was cool to see it. There was a big crowd. We weren't at the front, were we? No, couldn't get to the front. Um, that was back in the day before the uh, <laughs> happened. Uh, so, do you know Mona Lisa's? It's basically priceless. There's cool. no price, but it it was valued at two point five billion dollars. Wow! My goodness me. Um, so it's in a climate controlled room yeah. to keep it at the ideal environment temperature yeah it's also now encased in a bullet in bulletproof glass to prevent threat and injury to the painting Bloody hell. Right, so. it's the most famous priceless painting in history but did you know that it was the object of a simple and unsophisticated theft by an amateur she got stolen did anyone hear that then that was <laughs> he just had a dinosaur come out of her throat <laughs> hang on uh so somebody nicked her? Somebody nicked Mona Lisa. When? Right, 1911. 
Yeah, it would have had to have been. Like, it was back in the day. Course. So this is before she's got a bulletproof shield and, and all that. bodyguards and everything. Yeah, so an Italian patriot and an employee, an employee of the Louvre, hmm. Vincent Perugia, hid in a museum closet. Oh, Vincent, man. Took the painting off the wall, put it under his coat and walked out of the museum. Easy. And obstructed. Easy. But there's a, there's a lot of speculation because a lot of people were like, oh, it weighs over 200 pounds and all this stuff. I don't think it does. I've no, seen the painting. It's, it's not tiny, that heavy. yeah. Um, so Perugia held the Mona Lisa in his apartment for two years. Good lads. And then he tried to sell it to the directors of the Florentine Afuzi Gallery. I'm, I'm assuming that's in Italy. Um, although Perugia became a national hero in Italy for trying to bring the Mona Lisa home because it's actually, you know, it's French, uh, Italian heritage isn't it okay um he served six months in jail that was it six months for his bold theft what a guy but it says that perugia uh it was the only one prosecuted for the crime but um it's unlikely that he acted alone this is the bit where it says it's like 200 pounds but mm. years later um a man who called himself the marquis of the veil of hell <laughs> a title and a half <laughs> Um, has he self-titled himself that, has <laughs> well, he? That's what it says, yeah. Uh, he confessed to an American reporter, Carl Decker, that he was the true mastermind behind the theft of the Mona Lisa. Uh, on the condition his story be kept secret until his death, he revealed Perugia was one of three men paid handsomely to snatch her. This way, the Marquis could sell multiple forgeries of the masterpiece to collectors for a ridiculous price. So the beauty of the scam was that each buyer would believe that they owned the authentic yeah, Mona Lisa yeah. because it was stolen. No one knew where it was. Um, it says then, uh, whether Marky was telling the truth or not, still hotly debated topic around the theft. Well, that's quite mad, isn't it? It's quite yeah, ballsy. It is ballsy. But yeah, I mean, if she's something so special, mm. you're not going to like two years later go, oh, It was. I've actually got it. Like, do you want to buy it? Because someone's going to go, He's got it. Yeah, like, get yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Because if you buy it, you're not gonna then go come and see it in my gallery. They'll be like, "Where the fuck did you get that from?" I know. <laughs> That's not yours, mate. That belongs in the Louvre. <laughs> I know. And he's like, "Oh no, this is just a copy. It's a copy. This one, copy. Yeah, very good copy. Yeah, I do you good price. <laughs> do you good price. <laughs> Ten pound of viewing. <laughs> oh goodness. Again, you know, thick as shit. So yeah, common sense, isn't it? Yeah. Just hanging on your wall. Imagine you had the Mona Lisa in your bedroom, like. It would be quite special, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, who who painted her? Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, da Vinci, of course he uh, did. Italian, so really it should be in it's Italy, shouldn't it? It should, it should be, be in, in da Paris. Vinci's bedroom, shouldn't it? Or as people online, uh, or as people from the US of A call him, da Vinci. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> TikTok. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love the, the TikToks where they're, they're asking the Americans, like, no offence to any Americans, listen, most of you switched, they, they were, switched on. Yeah, they were mainly like high school kids yeah, asking them like, about geography. What was the, the one where they're like, what's the capital of Europe? And they were like, Paris. No, it was like, name the continents. And they were like, London. <laughs> <laughs> but I got one last fact. It's just as a quick one. Okay. Did you know that reindeer make excellent getaway cars? I've just seen this. <laughs> yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> it is cool. A little bit unfair on the radio. But I thought it was so funny. In Siberia, yeah. people often use reindeer to escape from crime scenes. And the Russian police are now asking to have their snowmobiles replaced by reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> just fast as lightning. Yeah. So Well, fun. they've just built to run over snow and everything, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. They're amazing. 
Okay, so my last story. Go on, babes. We'll go out with a with a bang. Is it an upward bang or a downward bang? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> downward bang. Oh, God, please stay tuned. I got a good riddle at the end. So the title of this story is called Scared to Death. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're, you're shit with them. All right. A 27-year-old woman. She hasn't paid her rent in four months. You have to keep going with this. But her landlord was quite kind because he knew she was poor. <laughs> no, this is... Plot twist. No. <laughs> so after four months of zero contact, he was like, right, enough's enough. Uh, so he rang the police to get in there to either talk to her, you know, change her contract or whatever. That's him kicking the door open. Kicking the door open, okay. Um... Uh, he wants to lease the the flat to someone else, so the cops kick the floor it the floor in <laughs> the door in the <laughs> <laughs> wrong way, in, lads. Um, uh, and use the landlord's key to get in. Find the woman dead in the shower. Yeah, I know. She just sort of slumped against the wall as if she'd like slid down. However, the water wasn't on. I know. Um, and as this is in the winter time. Uh, the water is never shut off by the city um, because if there isn't hot water moving through the pipes, then they'll freeze. Mm. So, you know, it didn't just cut off or anything. It just wasn't on. So the fact that her shower is off means it was never turned on. Right. What's she doing in there? Then? Or someone turned it off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So um, the body's taken to the morgue and autopsied at the family's request because there's no obvious signs of death. Mm. So as far as the examination could conclude, she died from an adrenal surge cause, causing her heart to stop. Oh, wow. Yeah. So more commonly known as being frightened to death. Is that a thing? Yeah. Apparently so. Do you know what? In my night terrors, sometimes I feel like I'm, I've, I'm frightened to death. Yeah. Imagine I died in my sleep from an adrenal rush. Uh, to be honest, it wouldn't it wouldn't like surprise you. Surprise me because the noises and the movements you make, <laughs> you're like twerking and you're popping, dropping, lacking, and you're like, mm, 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 mm. you sound like a little dog. Um, and I'm like, Craig, Craig, it's fine, I'm here, you're safe. <laughs> Sometimes she just jabs me in the ribs to get her over with. Sometimes <laughs> I'm really tired and I'm just like, Craig. <laughs> Thump in the back of the head. So yeah, um, the body was old, but no test showed any residu residual drugs in a system. Residual. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> None were found in the apartment, nor was there any signs of anyone having entered or left the house. That's creepy. The young, pretty, average, healthy woman appears to have gotten into a shower, and then her heart stopped due to terror. What, what would the scariest thing be for you to see? A ghost. Do you believe in ghosts? No. Is that have we got a podcast on ghosts? Or am I just making that? Yeah, up? the paranormal. Alright, we won't talk about Coming that. Coming soon. <laughs> we'll try and get a few more of them. I so, know, we so, need to mix these up. So we're not uh, overusing them. <laughs> um but yeah, that's me. That's my stories. Well done, babe. Some some good ones in there, some very dark ones. Dark ones, but yeah. Informational. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> on the last podcast, when I was like, there's always some dickhead. In the garden, when the sun comes out, soaring and hammering, using a... No, I was like, there's someone with a sledgehammer. Always. Turns out it was actually my mum in the <laughs> garden with a sledgehammer. <laughs> How funny is that? With I a went, sledgehammer? Yeah, I went downstairs with a sledgehammer by the front door. I was like, is that yours? She was like, yeah, why? I was like, we were trying to do a podcast so we could hear you. 
What was she doing? She was trying to knock down a wall. Good woman. <laughs> no, she's mad. My mum loves a bit of DIY. She does. If you've heard any sound effects throughout this podcast, other than ours, uh, they're having the kitchen done now, so it's probably that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's finish this off with a riddle. You uh, ready for this one? Oh, uh, no, I'm not, because they frustrate me so much because I have no idea, but go ahead. You could get this one. You measure my life in hours and I serve you by expiring. I'm quick when I'm thin and slow when I'm fat. The wind is my enemy. God's now, don't say it. Say that again for me, please. All right, one more time for the people. For you the people. measure my life in hours and I serve you by expiring. I'm quick when I'm thin and slow when I'm fat. The wind is my enemy. Oh, man. No, just now. So we'll leave you with that one, guys. So if you are brand new around here, thanks for listening along. Make sure you press subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. Yes. Hello there. Tell um, your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your nan. Because uh, we've got about a thousand subscribers. Yeah. We need to bump them up a little bit. Do you know what I mean? A little bit. We're also doing a giveaway. So if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you're in with a chance of winning some King In It merch and stickers. Love it. Love it a lot. So make sure you leave your name on there and say, mm. my name's John. I love the podcast because of this. Yeah. And make sure it's five stars because if it's four, I'll find out who you are. You can't be a four-star winner. And I will come for your nan. You know, I am a dark bitch. <laughs> Amy will leave a bloody donut on your doorstep. Oh, just to just to frighten you into bumping it up to five stars. <laughs> this will happen. This will happen. So that is it, lads. We'll see you next week. Should we do paranormal next? We haven't decided what's next. I feel like there should be something a bit more lighthearted next. But we've got a choice of what eight more. So yeah, it'll be a surprise. Lucky dip. For next Lucky week. dip, who knows? So come and join us and uh, yeah, it's been a blast. We'll have a laugh nonetheless. Okay, one, two, three. Bye. <laughs>